0: in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take over. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take, Take over. You know. Take it over. Take it over. This is my Bible. Keep it going. Woo-wee. Go to 2 Timothy, if you would, and remain standing. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Somebody told me, I said, Well, Bishop, sometimes the ladies have a tough time standing because their feet be hurting. I don't know how y'all get your feet in them shoes, no how. Second Timothy chapter 2. Uh, go to verse. <coughs> uh, go to verse number. One. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Go, go down to verse number 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who saved us and called us. Uh, Say, I'm saved and called uh, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time, what began? Read it again. He saved us uh, and called us with something holy. Say holy. Uh, That means something distinct, which means you're not supposed to be a carbon copy of your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Not according to your works. Well, Lord, I did this. I did this. I did this. I did this. Therefore, I'm called. No, no. He said, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time even began. Now, now go this, but verse 10. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality uh, to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer. Now, you missed it. Mm-hmm. He says, for this reason, I also suffer. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed of my suffering. For I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. No, no, no you missed it. He said, I got some issues, but I'm not ashamed about my issues because I realize when he saved me and called me, he did it by grace, not by my works. So I'm not ashamed of the fact I got a little fear over here. You, 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 you. Go, go, go to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter 1. I'm, I'm going to help your neighbor. Uh, go, to, go down to, to, to verse 5, 1 Timothy 1, verse 5. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. From which some having strayed, having turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for us righteous folk. Mm hmm. But for lawless and insubordinate folk, for the ungodly, for sinners, the unholy and profane, murders of fathers, murders of mothers, manslayers, fornicators, sodomites, kidnappers, liars, purgers, and if there's any other thing that's contrary to sound doctrine. According to the glorious gospel of of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. But what is he saying? He's he's setting the groundwork because he's saying, I don't want y'all to think that God did this uh, uh, because you did something. I don't want you to think that he chooses to bless you because because you're perfect. I I don't want you to think that he chose to save you because you did everything right. He says, I just need you to know that. Uh, uh, Verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although, look at somebody say, you got an although. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. A drug pusher. This ain't in the text. I'm just a, I, 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 I used to sleep around. I used to run the streets. I used to do that. Although I was formerly that, I obtained mercy. Yeah, I wish, I was. I'm ready to preach. He says, even though I done some stuff, I got mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. See, I may have done what folks say I did, but man, I'm not who folks say I am because I have been given grace. I have been given mercy. And the grace, verse 14, of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at it again. This is a faithful, or verse 14, and the grace of our Lord was what? He said, I'm going to give you a lot of it. L- let me help somebody that's feeling down today because you would made a few mistakes over this week. God's grace is exceedingly abundant for you. I know you cussed a few folk out this week, but God's, gra- I know you're working on that, but God's grace is exceedingly abundant. I know you wanted to tell your wife what to do and you want to tell your husband, look, I can't take no more. But his grace was exceedingly I know you wanted to walk in that job and tell that supervisor. You know what? You. Know. But his grace was. Verse sixteen. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering or patience, as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. I choose to live in grace. Father, I decrease that you might increase. Father Taylor, make this word for your people. We have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I speak to every spirit of guilt and condemnation and command you to be lifted off of God's people now. Your grace, Father, is exceedingly abundant toward us. And we receive it. Somebody shout out, I receive it. High five somebody on your way down and just tell them I'm living in grace. I'm living in grace. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to begin and I want to I lay this foundation and then we're going to walk through this thing together. I'll say grace. Uh, please understand, a lot of people misunderstand and do not really uh, understand the fullness of what grace is and how it works and all of that. Uh, grace comes, one of the Hebrew words for grace is shen. Say shen. C-H-E-N, it means demonstrating kindness or giving favor. Uh, Please understand, God says, my favor towards you is exceedingly abundant. God says, I want to do stuff for you. You ever had somebody that says, you know what, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do you a favor. You don't qualify, but I'm going to do you a favor. You shouldn't get the house, but we're going to do you a favor. You shouldn't get the job. You're not qualified, but we're going to do you a favor. See, that's what grace is. It's a favor when you don't deserve nothing good. Watch this. Uh, The Greek word is the word uh, charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. It means goodwill, loving kindness, favor. Watch this. Merciful kindness by which God... Exerting his holy influence upon people, turns them to himself. He keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in faith, knowledge and affection. I'm going to say it again. It is when God exerts his holy influence. In other words, God says, I step out of heaven to interfere with the affairs of earth because I'm going to do you some favors. It is like you calling the president and saying, Mr. President, uh, I need a pardon. Now, here's the truth. You ain't going to talk to Obama. But I got somebody that's higher than Obama. His name is Jesus the Christ. And when I need grace and when I need mercy, when I need some favors, all I got to do is call him. Got to pay long-distance charges. Watch this, he exerts his influence upon people, turns them to himself. He keeps, strengthens, increases them in faith, knowledge, and affection. Watch this, grace is when God gives us something we don't deserve. While mercy is where he doesn't give you what you do deserve. See, there was some stuff you used to do where you deserve to be dead right now. But God said, mercy, I'll give him some mercy. Grace is what he what? Gives you what you do not deserve. Mercy is when he says, you deserve this thing, but I'm not going to give it to you. Because somebody say, I got grace. Tell him I'm living it. Please don't say this. People that don't understand grace are very hard on themselves. They're their worst critics. They beat themselves up. They ain't got to have nobody talk them down. They'll talk themselves down. Because they do not understand grace. And so they're very critical on themselves, which means they're very critical on other people. And consequently, they have a very low self-image. They have a very low self-esteem. Because they do not understand that they have been graced by God. Watch this. Grace is squared, meaning it is multiplied by itself. See, the reason that I treat people right is not because they deserve to be treated right. It's because since I got it from him, I'm going to multiply it towards somebody else. See, please understand, church folk will make you, and I'm just, you know, he's my confessor. Church folk will make you want to hurt them sometimes. I'm talking about tongue talking, head spinning. I'll run in saints. But since grace has been multiplied toward me, I multiply that grace toward folk. Somebody say grace. Uh, Grace is squared. Please understand this. In most of the letters or the epistles to the churches, the apostles, they reiterated that grace should be unto the churches. In other words, they were saying we got grace from God and now we've got to give that grace to people. What's this? You don't have to turn there. First Peter one, two, it says, according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Wherever there's grace, there's always peace. Uh, I wish y'all would help me. I'm trying to take my time today, but I feel like preaching. What, what, what's this? Wherever there is grace, where God gives me a favor, something I did not deserve, he always gives me peace about the fact that you didn't deserve it. You miss what I just said. See, 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 wherever there's grace, there's always going to be peace and it's always going to be multiplied because people that live in grace have no problem giving grace. And so these are people that are peaceful. Why? Because they're not trying to criticize you and find you and find all your issues because they realize I got some issues too, ma'am. And since you working on you, I'm working on me. We working on we. I got peace about the fact that there's some stuff I'm working on. And you know your mammy going to judge me about it. Mammy is an African-American colloquialism that refers to days in the South where mothers ran households. You know your mother. Because somebody said, you ain't going to judge me. I have peace because I have grace and I live in grace people that don't understand grace think that they made themselves successful because of their hard work well you know I got this job because I've got a PhD and a a MD and a TV and a (laughs) VOIP. That ain't nothing but Vonage. That ain't nothing. People that don't understand this mystery called grace will think that everything they get, they got it because they did something. Not understanding that the house you live in, the car you drive, the money you got or don't got, God says, I grace that to you. I did you a favor, man. Don't get it twisted. Because had I given you what you deserved. I've somebody say, thank God for grace. Thank him. this? Well, 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 oh, you don't have to turn there. First Corinthians 15, 10. I'm taking my time. Write it down. But the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Please understand. The strength you have to do your job is God's grace. Don't say, well, you know, I work out and I juice. And so, you know, I stay healthy. No, man. The book said you are what you are because of his grace, which was bestowed upon you. Everything I do. I do it based off of his grace. Somebody say grace. grace. Uh, now please understand this. Uh, we must understand the grace that we've been given. Grace is what saved us. Say it again. Because I know you've been saved since Jesus went on earth. But but it was grace that saved you. Not because you didn't have on no pants. Not because you didn't have on no earring. Not because you tear it at the altar for four hours and call that Jesus. That didn't do nothing but make you sweat. It is grace that saved you. God says, let me do them a favor they don't have the power to save themselves. How do I know? I've given them thousands of years to try to keep these 613 rules. They can't keep 613 rules. So let me do them a favor and step in and I'll keep all the rules and I'll impute my righteousness for them. See, religious folk got a problem with grace because they want you to earn it. Gotta earn your salvation and you gotta earn it to keep it. You might not make it in. No, you might not make it in. Jesus had a problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees, not with the sinners. He had a problem with the religious folk, not the drunkards. Ephesians 2 and 8. I'm going to read it to you because we got a lot of scripture. You're going to use your Bible in a little bit. I'm trying to give you these. Easy. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace, we are saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Uh, Please understand. The Bible talks about us as Gentiles, non-Jewish people, that we were without a nation, without an identity, without a heritage, without a covenant. And God says, When I saved you, I treat you like the ones I made the covenant with 6,000 years ago. I don't make, it's just like a a blended family. God says, I don't make no difference between so-and-so's kid and -and so-and-so's kid. When we got married, these is our kids. I just helped somebody right there. God says, I don't make a difference between you and them. It's just y'all. Grace saved us. Watch this. Go to Hebrews 2.9. Now you're from the work. Hebrews 2.9. Because I want you to see this in the Scripture. Please understand, a, a lot of times when you're when you out and you're talking to people, you, you need to be able to you, it's alright to say what Bishop said, but you need to say Bishop said, and it's right here in the Bible. You can't swear by Bishop. You got to swear by the book. So I want you to see this stuff. So I'm taking my time and and then I'm going to, we're going to move real quick here in a minute. Hebrews 2 and 9. Watch this. It says this. But we see Jesus, who was a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. And he, by the what? Might taste what? For it was fitting for him for whom all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. When Christ died, he did not just die to save us. He tasted death. So that you never have to taste death. You missed that. That is the reason you cannot kill a Christian. The Bible says when I leave this body, I just go to sleep. But you can't kill me because I live forever. Look at somebody say, I'm living forever. See, that's why I'm not caught up with all the stuff going on on earth and what ain't right. Well, listen, man, I got a long time. I got eternity ahead of me. as believers, we live forever. God says, let me taste death so you never have to experience it. Let me have a jacked up marriage so you never have to experience it. Ah, You're missing what I... He says, let me take your stuff and put it on Calvary so you don't have to experience it. it, Uh, uh, this? everybody great in scripture lived in grace and they learned to live in grace every time they pray you often hear them saying lord i pray thee find grace let me find grace let me find favor lord favor me lord grace me it were crooks and criminals that have the audacity to ask god for grace and he said since i'm merciful and since i'm a good god i'm gonna put it on ya. you you miss what i said god says you don't deserve no grace you don't deserve me to do nothing for you but since i'm a merciful god i'm Young people know Uh, he's gonna put it on you. Grace gave you every gift and every talent. What's this? Grace brings conviction, not condemnation. Listen, what's the difference? Grace will convict you and say, You know what? I'm so much better than the way I'm living. I need to change this, not because I'm condemned, but because the Spirit of God has convicted me. See, I'm not ashamed, but I can be so much better than this because he did me a favor. So the least I can do for somebody that does me a favor is not make them regret that they did the favor in the first place. Grace equals godly sorrow versus guilt and shame. Please understand, uh, where there is sin, grace is abounding much more. But please understand, grace is not a license to sin. Well, I'm going to do this. I know I should not do it, but you know, grace. No, no. Because what you do there is then you begin to frustrate the grace of God. Touch your neighbor say, you're going somewhere. Ephesians 1 and 7. You ain't got to turn down. I'm going to read it to you. But you've been working a little bit. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. See, see, I, I, I was talking with somebody the other day and they were saying, you can't preach too much grace and grace and grace because then people will take that as a license to sin. I said, folks, sinning without no license. I didn't know I needed to give them one. I didn't know they needed one. It is an incentive to get it right because I'm appreciative of the favor. Watch this. Watch this. It is easy to fall from grace and become religious and forget your own issues. You met some. You met them folk. You know, they've been saved for two weeks, been ushering for two services. And they are God's generals now. There must be some sin in your life. I don't tithe, but there must be some sin in your life. Because they forget that they got issues too. And so now they want to point the finger at everybody else. Uh-huh. Well, you know so-and-so doing this. Well, you know so-and-so doing this. But But what you doing well, at least I ain't doing what they're doing. See, that's worse. Because your sin is a heart issue. That's harder to deal with than stuff out here. That's, this was the problem Paul had. Uh, and you can read the book of Galatians. The Galatians, they were, they were saved, and they were saved by grace. But this group of people called the Judaizers who taught, yes, we're saved, but we have to still keep the Torah. We must keep. And, and, of course, at that time, they said, well, we can probably keep about 324 of them. We don't have to keep the other 613 because Christ did that, but we got to keep about 324 of the laws, And that's the only way you're really saved if you go to church on Saturday. The only way you're really saved is you don't eat lobster. I said, well, then I guess I just can't <laughs> say because I'm going to go to Red Lobster right after church, and I'm going to have a... a, a, a A ham stuffed lobster. You understand me? I'm going to have bacon wrapped lobster. You understand me? Call it in, son. Call it in. This is what they said. They said you're saved, but you're only saved if you keep parah. The law. The teaching and instruction of God. And if you don't keep all of these laws, you're not really saved. And so what happened is the Galatians, Paul says this to him. He says, you foolish Galatians who bewitched you into thinking that if you couldn't get saved by keeping the law, you're going to stay saved by keeping the law. That's stuck on stupid, man. See, the premise is whatever it takes to get something is what it takes to keep something, which means if I got saved by grace, I'm kept by grace. Yeah, you missed what I just said. I'm not kept by what I do and don't do. I'm kept by the fact he did the favor in the first place. uh, uh, And and in Galatians, flip over there real quick, chapter two, I'm almost to Galatians chapter two while you're flipping there, say, I live in grace. That's where I live. I live at the corner of grace and mercy. And you can live at the corner of judgment all you want. Enjoy it. While you're sitting in the house Friday and Saturday night, I'm going to see the show. How about you keeping the Sabbath? You don't even keep it right. There are groups today that teach that that they're real christians because they keep the law. They're real christians. We pagans go to church on Sunday. That's what that's what they say. That's what they think. I said, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Because for all your law-keeping, your life ain't no better. You still mean, you still nasty, you still got a bad attitude. For all your law-keeping, why? Because they frustrated grace because they forgot their own stuff. Galatians 2.21, you got it? Watch this. I do not set aside. The word there, set aside, in the original means frustrate. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the Lord, then Christ died for nothing. He died in vain. If he did everything Mel Gibson said he did. So that God might not do the favor for me. Uh Then it was in vain. Are you still here? Watch this. Say, Bishop, what does grace do for us? Now you're going to work. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to show you how to live in grace. I'm going to show you how to live in grace. See, when you live the lifestyle of grace, you attract the favor of God. Because, see, when he can trust you with grace and he can trust you to give grace, then he doesn't mind trusting you with some favors. It's always the folk that's harsh and critical and all that. Them are always the folk that always got issues. It's amazing because, you know, let me talk to the single ladies. Single ladies, holler at me. See you trying to get y'all. See you china trying, to so the single man could. Uh, <laughs> we doing more things to help. You know, trying to help y'all.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, 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 I says, if you are a mean, nasty battle axe. And have no grace. Well, he don't do this. He don't do that. He don't do this. uh Uh-uh. Well, but you don't do this. You don't do that. You don't do this. You don't do that. See, single folk, you got to learn how to have grace with folk. Stop expecting perfection and you're not perfect. Married folk, stop expecting perfection. Well, I told them once. Well, tell them again, and again, and again, and again, and again, because you gotta have grace, man. Listen, I'm sick of telling them. Well, I'm sure God's sick of saying some stuff to you too. Grace is squared. Since I get a lot, I gotta give a lot, man. What's this, Hebrews 4, 16. Here we go. That's right. Let us therefore come boldly to the what? Throne of what? Grace. He says, let's go to the throne of favors. Ask for some favors. See, here's what a lot of saints do. Lord, I'm praying today because I've been real good today. I've only sinned four times and I can confess each one of them. I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Other than that, I've been good today. So this prayer's got to happen not understanding, he don't answer none of your prayers because on your best day, your righteousness is still junk. So he says, let us go boldly to the throne of grace, which means when I pray, the reason I know it's going to happen is not because I've been doing everything right. It's because I realize I got some favors. That I can get from the throne of grace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says that we may obtain what? Mercy. And find what? Grace. To do what? To help. In the time of your need. Here's the mistake though: a lot of saints make. Is that's the only time they talk to him. And they blow him off all through the week. But when something goes wrong, but here's the good news. As God says now, that, that's proof you're not mature, but what I'm going to do anyhow is still give you some grace. I may not be able to trust you with anything great yet, but I'm still going to give you some I may not be able to give you everything you're asking me for right now because you're not mature enough for it, but I'm still going to give you some. And I'm going to give it to you in your what? When you need it the most. When you've been written up so many times, the only thing left for them to do is send you out to state. He says, I'm going to give you some grace. When your spouse should have walked out on you 14 years ago, God touched their heart and gave them some. Are you here? Grace means we can boldly approach God, not because of our own righteousness. Don't you walk in there talking, my Lord? I've been living right. And I've been living holy. I'm a holy woman of God. I'm a holy man of God. He's going to look at you and say, who are you fooling? Because I'll put your thoughts up on the screen. Everybody be, excuse me, excuse me, got to get to the restroom. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, got to go, got to go. I got a meeting to go to. Ain't no meeting going on Sunday afternoon. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. No grace right there, right there. I don't believe that. When I go to God, I go boldly because I realize the whole reason I can go in the first place ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got to do with his grace. What's this? Next thing. Let's move. Grace empowers you to resist the enemy. Go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. You're going to go to the right. Go to James chapter 4. Hebrew James. Go right there. James chapter 4. A lot of saints, this is what we try to do. You know, Bishop, I'm in warfare right now. And I'm fighting the enemy. I'm fighting the enemy. I'm fighting him. It shouldn't be that hard. Just use your grace. Look at somebody say use your grace. Uh, Grace is like, give me me a little credit card or something. Give me something with with some money on it. Something with some money on it. Well, uh, uh, sis, look, look. here's what happens. Are uh, you there? James chapter four, James chapter four, uh, verse six. Verse six. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he does what? Grace to the humble. Therefore, so that means it's connected to verse six. Therefore, do what? Submit to God. How? In grace. Resist the what? Devil, and he'll flee from you. Which means when the enemy shows up with some negative thoughts, I pull out my grace card. I don't know what you carry in your wallet, man, but I carry grace. It's better than Visa, MasterCard, Amex, all of them put together. When I want to cuss somebody out, I pull out. When lust is going in your mind and you turn your head every which way. Wait a minute. Grace. When you want to strangle your children, you're the. Somebody are going to have to pull it out for you even get off the property. You're going to get in the parking lot and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Grace empowers you to resist the enemy. So when stuff comes your way, you don't respond, I'm, I'm not taking this. I'm a mighty warrior in the Lord. No, you ain't going to do that. Grace. When the enemy starts working on your mind and telling you this ain't going to work, you ain't going to be nothing, nothing's going to happen, you ain't going to be healed, you're going to die just like so-and-so did. You this, Wait a minute, joker. Uh-huh. Grace. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What, 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 what's this? Go to 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Let, let, let me help you. I'm going I'm to I'm help us to be people of grace Amen. and not all critical fault-finding people. What's going to make this church explode is, is, is not judging folk. It's loving folk with grace. Well, I, I said, <coughs> Where did I tell you to go? Second Corinthians 12. Now, watch this. This is Paul talking. Now, this is interesting because I talk a lot about this, but I haven't taken you in depth. So I'm going to take you in depth real quick and then I'm going to be through. First Corinthians 12, verse one. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. But God knows such a one was caught up into the third heaven Now, the third heaven is where God dwells. I says? And I know such a man, uh, uh, I' read that. no, and I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter, which means he got to experience God and heaven firsthand. And the things that were uttered, he could not repeat because it had not been revealed to a prophet yet. So he couldn't come declaring stuff that he saw in heaven because God says, I don't do nothing on earth except I first tell my servants the prophets. So Paul, if you run back and start telling them what you saw, it's unlawful for that. You can't tell them what you saw. So Paul is saying to the Corinthians, he's saying, In case you think your little little tongues and your little singing and all this, your little gift, and say, just in case you think that's something, I was with God. I beheld him. I sat at his throne. I saw the cherubim going back and forth. Holy, holy, holy. I saw all of that. Verse 5, of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I'll speak the truth. Well, you know, I, you know, I live a Christian life because I don't be out there at them shows like them other sinners do. I may have issues, but my issues aren't what their issues are. He says, I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. So Paul is talking about a person in third person. And then in verse 7, he reveals he was really talking about himself. Watch this. He said, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, Paul says, God gave me some stuff that I can't even tell y'all about. And he said, don't get it twisted. I got some stuff. Look at the name and you do too. Lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, he said, God gave me something that he knew would keep me from getting prideful. Let me help some of you figure out what's been going on in your life lately. God has been throwing thorns in your flesh and saying, listen, I'm going to keep you from getting prideful. So you know it wasn't your education. You know it wasn't who your daddy was. You'll know it wasn't who your mama was. I'm going to put some stuff in your life that you can't do nothing about. And when you ask me to fix it, I'm going to tell you, keep reading. My grace is going to fix that. concerning this thing I pleaded word there means I begged uh-huh. please Lord take it from me uh-huh. oh, 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 take it Jesus <laughs> oh, 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 take it Jesus <laughs> somebody you know what I'm talking about begged the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And you know what he told me? No. Ever heard somebody ask you something, you know already told them, but they just really believe if they come back again, you'll change your answer? Mama, can I go to El- No. They'll come back 20 minutes later. Um, but the reason I was asking was because, but just let me finish. So you never let me talk. No. I can't wait till I can move out. Well, then go. He begged God three times to take it. And you know God's response? My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect when you got issues. You missed it. God says what makes you a real saint is not that you're perfect. It's that you got issues and you don't let those issues stop you. That's what makes me a saint. See, I ain't got, ugh, folk think they get it all together. Now, I'm really holy. I'm really good. No, what makes me a righteousness of God is that I can still have issues and still lift up holy hands unto God. That's what makes me a saint. God's response is I'm not taking it from you. So quit asking. Lord, please, I just really want you to just please. I just His response is no. Get a favor from me. Which means when that thorn in the flesh starts acting up, you can Lord, I need some grace, I need some grace right now, I need some grace right now. Say, I'll give you a little grace. I I I I I, I I'll give you some grace right now. But he says, I won't take it from me because you'll get prideful. So I leave it there so that every now and then when you start thinking you're a little bit more than what you are, I'll pull it out on you. And the only thing that's going to fix it is grace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, What's what, 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 what this? Uh, verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. But when I am weak, then I am really strong. See, when you feel like you're furthest from God, many times you're closer to the Him than you've ever been because now you're being real. You ain't going in there with some pre made prayer that you heard Bishop pray and you're trying to re say it. Uh-huh. Most humble and gracious Father, we come to you today as sinners in need of. Sin- you know what you're saying? Uh-huh. Look at somebody say, Grace. Uh-huh. Go, go, go to Hebrews. Y'all all right? Let me take you, come on, go, go, go to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12. I want you to see this in the text. In other words, the last thing, grace helps you to deal with yourself. Because there'll be times when you say to yourself, you know what, self, I just, you know what, I about had enough of you. <laughs> and God will say, I'll give you some grace. So when you get sick of yourself, God says this, pull out your grace card. When you keep having to say to yourself, why you keep doing that? Why do you keep thinking that way? You know you ain't supposed to think that way. You just. Grace. See, because when you learn to live in grace, you learn to give grace. Wow, wow, what's this? Where I tell you go? Hebrews 12, 18. Here we go. Verse 18. Uh, For you have not come to the mountain. Uh, 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 that may be touched and burned with fire and blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of the word so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken anymore. Uh, I want you to go down now to, uh, to verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks for if they did not escape, you refuse him who spoke on earth. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from where? From heaven. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I want to go verse number 18 there. For in that he himself suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. Uh, 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 Watch this. God's grace is able to aid you when you don't know what to do. Uh, I, you may say, God, I don't know what direction to take. I don't know if I should take this job, if I should do this, if I should do this job, if I should do this. See, the problem is you're trying to do that in your own strength. And what you need to say is, God, I'm going to need another favor. What do I need to do? And the good thing about grace is that as long as you give it, Yours never runs out. But see, when you stop giving it, that's when your card runs out. It's like them prepaid visas. Watch this. Go to Hebrews 13.9. Hebrews 13.9. Hebrews 13.9. Y'all all right? Do not be carried away or about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by what? Grace. Not with foods which have not profited uh, those who have been occupied with them. Well, what says this. grace keeps you away from strange doctrine. Bishop, what does that mean? Stuff God didn't say, nor did he intend to say. Grace keeps you away from crazy stuff. Well, you know, the Bible says you can just sleep with whoever you want to because then that becomes your husband. That ain't in the book. I read it. I know.
1: Well, you know, you don't
0: really have to go to church to have a relationship with God because, you know, mm-mm. you a lie. Look at somebody say, get some grace. grace. Watch w- w- this. I go to 2 Corinthians 1. I'm almost through 2 Corinthians 1. I just want you to see this. 2 Corinthians 1. Are y'all learning something? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 1 and 12. Uh, while you're turning there, grace also helps you to flow in your gifting. Uh, because you realize it ain't you, it's him. Amen. Amen. See, never think that highly about, well, you know, I see the Lord. You know, I got this gift to do this and this talent to do this. No, man, you better realize that's God's favor to you. Amen. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? Amen. Well, you know, Bishop, I, I got a word in my spirit. Well, that word is grace. Amen. Second Corinthians one twelve. here we go. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the what? Grace of God and more abundantly toward you. Grace helps us to be sincere about the things of God. Because there may be times in your walk where maybe you lose a passion to read the word, but you got to pull out your, your grace card. And say, God, I don't know where this feeling's coming from, but it ain't from you, so I need some grace. There may be times when the Lord says, pray, and maybe your flesh don't feel like praying. And you need to just put out your grace card and say, you better get on your face. Don't you think that you got yourself here? Amen. Somebody say, grace. I says, go to 2 Corinthians uh, 9, chapter 9, chapter 9 and 8. I want to get to this, 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 this thing here, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. Say we are while you're turning there. We are a people of grace. Second Corinthians 9 and 8, here it is. And God is able to make what? <laughs> the word abound means be directed toward you. That you, say that's me, always having all sufficiency in what? All things may have an abundance for what? Every good work. Grace is what increases your finances. Figured I'd get some shouting right there. Here's how this works, though. Remember, as long as I'm giving, there is a constant flow of receiving. So here's how this works here. When you do it, he does it for you. Yeah. So when grace is abounding toward me, I ain't saying I'm sitting back, Lord, I need a financial breakthrough. Lord, I need a financial. No, I'm a breakthrough for somebody else. I'm a breakthrough for the kingdom of God. And so when the church is doing something, I show up and I give grace because I need him to make all grace abound towards me. Which means I ain't waiting on the offering to start. Mine's already packed up and ready to go cuz I'm going to give some grace cuz I need some grace. Never leave home without it. See, that's how if you want to never be broke, that's how you never be broke. Is you be a giver. And when you're a giver, you never have to be worried about being broke. You never have to worry about it. Cuz you always owed something. Look at somebody and say, never be broke, never be broke. A, day in your life. a day in your life. You don't have to be. That's not part of the grace deal. Are you here? Here's what I want to get. Since we're given grace, we've got to do what? Go to 1 Peter 3, 7. I want to help the married folk. and Then what I want to help all the mean folk. Amen. I was going to tell y'all where I was at this last week, but I didn't want y'all to get scared. <laughs> so I ain't going to tell you. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. Notice how Peter says it, with them. <laughs> with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of grace. Of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Grace helps you to live with your spouse. Grace, because sometimes they're going to say some stuff. And the OU wants to come out. Well, he don't know who he messing with. Because see, no, honey, baby, no, chill. Put out your grace card. Well, I'm from South Memphis. Well, he from North Memphis. Grace. They rough up there. Grace, man. Somebody shout grace. Grace Grace helps you to deal with your kids. And a lot of times before you respond to them out of anger, you just need to say grace. I told y'all what I do. I close my eyes so I can go make a withdrawal from grace. Because sometimes folk be saying stuff to me and I want to, you know, talk in tongue, they understand. But I made a $4 million withdrawal (laughs) on grace. (laughs) Watch this. I want you to write this down. Colossians 4, 6. I want you to write it down. It says, let your speech also be seasoned or with grace seasoned with salt that you might know how to answer every man. Grace helps you to be nice to people. I know y'all think as Christians we, didn't, you know, we don't have to do all that because we've got to walk around and just quote scripture all day. But grace helps us to be nice to people. And especially if you're the kind of person that says, well, I'm just not a, you know, that ain't me. Then you need to make some extra withdrawals. So you need to make one in the morning, one in the car on your way to work, and one before you get on the phone. Grace helps us to interact with people. Now now here's the thing, especially folk that have done us wrong. Now, I know you sage and spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, when people do them wrong, sometimes. And I know they deserve that. But grace. Now let me be clear, Denver, of what I'm not saying. Because some of y'all will take that as something to take it all the way, and then you're going to call back everybody ever done you wrong and say, "Come over, let's eat." That ain't what I said. That means that if you're put in a situation where you've got to interact and God will put you in those situations. And you'll be in a store at the same time you always go. and they'll walk up to you and stand next to you trying to play it off like they don't know. Let me give you a secret. Never make eye contact. You don't make eye contact. God will put you in those situations and he'll say, I'm testing whether or not you really live in grace. Because you can talk grace all day long, but I want to see whether or not you live in it. And proof that you live in it is how you interact with folk. So let's practice. You ready? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, smile at him. Neighbor, I love you in Jesus' name. Nothing you can do about it. Now, let me say this seriously, because in church, church is one of the number one places where the enemy tries to get folk all worked up about stuff. Yes. Well, what? You, well, what you, nah, 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 nah. you just got to have grace. When you think somebody meant something a certain way, but you wouldn't go back and ask them what they actually meant, you need to just have grace. If somebody says, you know, when you did such and such, that offended me. Well, I don't know why you're getting offended. You're supposed to be a Christian. No. Grace. Say this. Say, Lord, we are a people that live, operate in, and give grace. Everybody stand to your feet today.